You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on the Twitter sphere. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB, and of course you can listen to all the great programming here at Blogging the Boys by following the podcast network and checking out all the content there at bloggingtheboys.com, the number one site for Dallas Cowboys news and notes, and we got a playoff game to prepare for Tom. Now we've been preparing for this playoff game for weeks now. And it seemed like, uh, you know, two weeks ago, we were certain of who we would be facing in the first round, right? It was a 90% probability that the Cowboys would be in the four seed and facing a particular team. But then Sunday happened. And now we're facing the team. Everybody anticipated the San Francisco 49ers in a throwback (laughs) battle between two NFC foes that have seen each other in many historical places throughout the NFL's playoff history, but have not seen each other in the playoffs since a lot of that great history took place there in the nineties. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we all were having the hot debate about should they, uh, play their starters, arrest them against an Eagles team that was absolutely disinterested in trying in the uh, the final game of the season. And if you go back and look in hindsight, yeah, we missed that one because it certainly wasn't what the coaches had in mind. And it turned out to pay off. I think the Cowboys got a big confidence boost from it. And the risk uh, that they took of having people injured didn't come to anything they got out of it relatively unscathed uh and so yeah it's just kind of a was kind of a pleasant turn of events uh you know for a variety of reasons and i think one of the biggest ones uh like you were mentioning while we were getting ourselves prepped up for this I'm happier seeing them face uh, the 49ers than I would have been against the Arizona Cardinals, which was everybody's, yeah, that's who they're certain to face. Uh, and it simply comes down to this. Uh, I think the, the, the 49ers are not quite as good a team as the Cardinals, and that's all it really comes down to. I struggle with that a little bit, only because – here recently, and I know the Cowboys just lost a game to the Arizona Cardinals, so you, necess- you can't necessarily feel great about playing that team. But at the same time, this is a team that has struggle- struggled massively down the stretch. And, you know, while there is the, the, the true benefit here, and I don't want to look past the 49ers before we even get into that matchup, because that's what this podcast is primarily going to be about. But I do look forward and say – the Cowboys are now in a much better position if they take care of business 
there's, you know, potentially there, there's really no way that they're facing the Green Bay Packers, right? And for mm-hmm. that reason, I feel very good about where they find themselves and what they ultimately decided to do on Sunday, whereas prior to that, I didn't feel that great about it, right? I wasn't necessarily on board with taking the risk because I didn't think the reward would potentially be that great, and it turns out that it has kind of rewarded the Cowboys in that light. Um, Would I rather see San Francisco than Arizona? I suppose overall, yes, I would. But as we are going to get into, this particular matchup poses a number of difficulties for the Cowboys and difficulties that, you know, I don't want to say they can't solve, right, problems that they can't solve, but it's problems that they haven't really faced a whole lot this season. So we don't have very much evidence that they can handle the types of problems that the San Francisco 49ers are going to present. Uh, As we know, one day of practice in the books and the Cowboys put out their injury report yesterday, both they and the 49ers, the first one of the week. And you would think after the first 17 game season in the NFL's history that an injury report like this would be littered with big name players. And it (laughs) turns out, Tom, as as you and I kind of went over it's hard to find an impact player that's not going to be available this Sunday when the two teams take on each other at AT AT&T stadium there at three 30. Yeah. I don't think people are appreciating properly how remarkable this is for two teams to come into uh, the, the first game of the playoffs. So with such intact rosters, if you go back and look at what they hope to start at the beginning of the season, uh, it's really consistent. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's funny that they even had some equivalent things. If you look at who the 49ers plan to start, and who the Cowboys plan to start on offense at the beginning of the year, that's who they're starting with the same exception for both teams. They both lost their third wide receiver uh, to injury uh, to the to injured reserve. Uh, the Cowboys of course, lost Michael Gallup, and the 49ers lost Mohamed Sanu. Outside of that, it's the starting lineup they wanted all season. Now, the Cowboys went about that in an odd way with people going on and off of of injured reserve or having to set out a couple of games uh, inactive or whatever, and the COVID issues that all came up. But still, they wound up at the same place. A uh, little bit more impact on defense, uh, possibly, especially for the 49ers, I think. Uh, they lost uh, starting uh, – Javon Kinlaw. Defensive, yeah, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, the Cowboys lost Brent Urban, who was not technically a starter. I think, though, his possible impact not being available is much more than people really want to acknowledge – they do have Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill back from injury to uh, try to, to, to cover for that. But Urban just was exceptionally good at doing the dirty occupy two people work that you need on the defensive line. Uh, so, you know, I just want to give a few props to him. Um, they may be hurting a little bit more because they did lose uh, one of their starting cornerbacks whose name I don't have at the tip of my tongue right now. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, 
their injury report is a little more involved in particular. Um, Trent Williams was, uh, did not participate. They're hoping he gets back, uh, which is going to be a big difference for them if, if he shouldn't come. But they, they, as I said, they, they are hoping to have him active. I expect he was all out- those guys to be active, right? Both he, Elijah Mitchell, who's been fantastic yeah. for them this season as a runner. I expect him to go. They did sit a few players out as well for rest reasons, right? Yeah. So don't get excited, Cowboys fans. If you see Joey Bosa and George Kittle uh, sitting out on Wednesday, no, those were rest days, and, and they anticipate to have them fully available against the Cowboys. On Likewise, Sunday. don't read much into Jimmy Garoppolo being limited. Uh, he had, apparently has a thumb problem, mm-hmm. but that seems like the kind of thing that they'll give him an injection and he'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, to me, this is two teams coming in to the playoffs about as healthy as you ever see teams coming into the playoffs. Um, it's just, it just is a, uh, a notice the noticeable thing about this year because I posited back midseason that the health of the Cowboys was going to be important because there was a point where all of a sudden they were getting all these people back and they weren't having more people get hurt. They went through some iterations since then, but now they're back to that spot. And I think that's going to go a long ways to determining uh, whether they can win. But Maybe the best thing, if you want to look at the generic NFL fan, this should be a a very competitive game with the the best playing against the best. You're not going to have one one team having to kind of limp through things and, and patch holes. These guys are going to be able to go out there and play their games, and I think both of them have some pretty good games. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of this. No doubt. Cowboys currently favored by three, according to Vegas. Now, if you pay attention to those numbers, that means this is basically a pick because home field typically gives the home team a three-point advantage. I would actually ask you on that front as a quick side note. We did not discuss it prior, but yeah. are you at all concerned about a 49ers takeover at AT&T Stadium? Yes, this is a playoff game, but the last time – We saw the 49ers in this building. We saw a sea of red, and the Cowboys are calling for a whiteout on Sunday, which means you expect the fan base to respond. But as a result of that, that red is going to stick out quite a bit as well, right? So if there's a lot of it, we're going to be able to tell any concern about what we might see on Sunday in terms of crowd disparity for a Cowboys home game. I don't think it's going to be like the game. I believe it was in 2014, mm-hmm. and I believe it was the season opener. Uh, it, so it was a non-conference game, uh, the season opener, and I think a lot of Cowboys fans were just willing to part with their tickets at that point, uh, you know, because they didn't think it was that important a game. Uh this is obviously as important as it gets because once you get in the postseason, it's it's win or go home. I think the Cowboys fans will turn out. I think there will be a scattering of 49ers supporters just because, you know, money talks and the prices are up for spot market and uh, secondary market tickets right now. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people – 
are going to want to be there if they have tickets already. And I've seen a lot of people that said, hey, they were buying tickets three weeks ago when it was obvious the Cowboys were going to be in the playoffs, even before they officially locked it up, people started buying them. And I don't think those people are likely to, or at least a lot of those people might be the ones that are not likely to part with them. And I think the people that are snatching tickets up on the spot market are at least as likely, if not more so to actually be Cowboys fans who want to be at this playoff game. It's been a while. The Cowboys fans are hungry. So I'm not, it's, I'm not saying it's definitely not going to happen. I just don't think it's the big threat that so many people are making out to be. We'll find out. I'm in the camp that feels like it could be a small problem. And that's only because I feel like I've seen it before. Um, So many Cowboys fans and, you know, this isn't, a knock on the average Cowboys fan, but I don't think the fan that purchases season tickets and has access to a lot of those items is necessarily the average Cowboys fan. And because of that, there's a, a massive secondary market to these tickets. And with that being said, knowing that you can sell a ticket like this to pay for what might be a quarter of or a half of your season tickets next season it is an item that I think sometimes get you gets utilized in that way. Hopefully the demand from Cowboys fans though, here in Dallas will be much higher than 49ers fans. And we still see kind of a 70 30 split, um, which I think yeah. would be a big win for the Cowboys. If they could get that kind I, of split at AT&T stadium, I'll take that. Yeah. I also saw somewhere that there aren't that many season tickets, uh, I don't know if that was accurate, but somebody was quoting what I thought was a, a lower number than I expected, uh, indicating that a lot of the, the the tickets are basically per game tickets for the Cowboys. I don't know if that's true, but that probably would have some effect on it. So I'm just hoping it's all going to work out. Mean, meanwhile, like you said, I, I do hope some enthusiasm is going to going to show up for the Cowboys. And we're going to get a chance to see what's going on. Uh, now, I I do hope that we see a very good performance by the Cowboys. And I think, you know, maybe we need to discuss what we like and don't like about this coming up. A hundred percent. I wanted to jump into that. I think I'll call it confidence and concern, right? Give yeah. me one reason why you're confident about the Cowboys matchup against the 49ers, and I'll give you mine. And then give me one reason why you are concerned about the Cowboys matchup against the Niners, and I will do the same. I'll let you take the floor on the first of these items. Okay. Confidence. And and here, I mean, let's face it. It's all intangibles for us. You know, we're, we don't have anything to do with the coaching. We're not out there making the plays. To me, it's just about the fact that I can't remember since 1995, the glory days, when we saw a Dallas Cowboys team that was so balanced, where you had the offense that was capable of doing so much when they're all playing well, a defense that everybody acknowledges that the defense is tremendously improved. Uh, and is playing at a very high level. Uh, 
And the special teams, as long as you're not talking field goals or extra points, special teams have just been outstanding. Uh, so it's like even if one part of the team stumbles a little bit coming out of the gate, the, the other two phases could well lift them up and buy them some time to get everything clicking. And I just don't remember a time when I've seen this. This is top to bottom about as strong a, a Dallas Cowboys team as, as I remember, as I said, since the 1990s. And it just makes me feel confident that these guys are, you know, have more than one win in, a, in the postseason. I agree with that. And I, I feel the same way, right? I feel like this is the first time we've seen as balanced of a Cowboys team as we have. And sure enough, we are looking at the number one offense in terms of both points and yards per game. In addition to that, defensively, they're seventh in the NFL in terms of points allowed. Surprisingly, though, you only have to go back to 2016 for the Cowboys. When they finished first in the division, right, 13-3, and three, and they lost in the divisional round, they were actually ranked fifth in points and yards offensively and fifth in points against as a defensive unit. So I was a little bit surprised when I looked that up because – I noted that you had, you know, kind of made that point. And I agree. I feel the exact same way. For some reason, my mind makes me feel more confident about this defensive unit. And I, it's hard for me to put my finger on it. I guess I would have to say that in addition to what feels like has at times been a little bit of a bend, don't break mentality, it's also the big playability that the defense has brought to the table. What seems like more big play potential in terms of splash plays that they talk about, plays that disrupt drives, plays that make large differences in terms of, you know, winning percentage and potential outcomes, right? Sacks, penalties drawn, interceptions, turnovers, things of that nature. Those are the types of things that this defense makes me feel confident about that I agree I didn't really feel during the Garrett years. But again, I think you would probably be surprised to know, and I was as well, that back, you know, when Jason Garrett was running the ship and had a 13 and three team, the best season of his career with the Cowboys, they, uh, they were actually not terrible. They were not terrible yeah, maybe, on the defensive side of the ball. They just laid an egg in the divisional round. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that might be equal parts. Uh, there's just a swagger about the team right now. Uh, part of it, I think is, a bit of recency bias, you know, I'll admit that we all fall prey to it. I certainly do at times. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is just that end result. I think that that disastrous collision with Aaron freaking Rogers just left such a bad taste in our mouth uh, that we, we don't acknowledge how good that team rolled through the regular yes. season. Uh, this is certainly and I think this is at least as good, and I give it a little bit of an edge. But you know, once again, I'm I'm being subjective there. So that that that's just how I feel. Now, what is it that makes you feel confident? 
when I look at this matchup, you know, and I kind of tried to dig into some, you know, deeper stats. So I'm sure there's other things to suggest that the Cowboys may be able to have some success against the 49ers. But the number that I focused on and saw that I just thought, I mean, this is great news for the Cowboys and Cowboys fans is how poorly the 49ers secondary has played against opposing quarterbacks. Now, granted, they are, they are in a division with three great ones or very good ones in Stafford and Wilson and Kyler Murray. So perhaps these numbers are a bit skewed, but when it comes to what they allow quarterbacks to do against them, they allow a quarterback rating on average of 97, which is one of the worst in the league, right? It's actually the fifth highest in the league in terms of what they allow to opponents. In addition to that, they are, tied for 29th in the league in terms of quarterback completion percentage allowed. Well, Dak Prescott ranks fifth in the NFL right now in completion percentage, 69% just about. And sure enough, that's about what they average and allow. So I do feel confident that the Cowboys with a couple more weapons in tow this week, as we get the return of Tony Pollard as the potential to maybe have a few more 12 personnels, uh, you know, involved in the game with the return of Blake Jarwin. If he comes off of, of IR as he was activated from practice a week ago or eligible to practice a week yeah, ago. He, did, he played He played in the game against Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that. I, yeah, he think, I think he got one target. Um, okay. You know, he didn't get played much, but it looked like they were just kind of bringing him along. Sure, and I don't want to make him out to be a – hugely impactful player in this matchup. But again, I just look at, you know, the opportunity that Dak Prescott has against the secondary, how poorly they've played against opposing quarterbacks and knowing that, you know, we may find ourselves in a shootout. That is a part that I feel very confident about. And I feel confident Dak Prescott is going to have a big game against the 49ers. When that happens, the Cowboys usually are in a good position to win a football game. So for that reason, I am very confident. Two reasons to make Cowboys fans feel good. I think both of them are legitimate. Uh, now to the more difficult conversation, Tom. What parts have you potentially concerned that the Cowboys may not be able to have an answer to? Well, why don't you take the first one and then let me come in with the second response? Okay, on this, just fair to be enough. Fair. fair enough. So again, kind of try to do a little bit deeper dive here, and everybody knows about Kyle Shanahan's type of offense, right? It's unique relative to the rest of the NFL because no one in the NFL utilizes 21 personnel more than the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, layman's terms, 21 personnel, you start with the running backs and move to the tight ends. That's two running backs, one tight end, right? In that scenario, the San Francisco 49ers have run 373 plays this season. 36% of their offensive snaps have come in 21 personnel. That is 100 plays more than any other team in the NFL. Baltimore was ranked second in terms of plays out of 21 personnel. What does that mean? A lot of Debo Samuel in the backfield, a lot of potentially, you know, misdirection running the football. They also like to move guys across the formation, um, pre-motion, right, pre-snap, but they like to move them across in motion. But defensively, that is also, unfortunately, the personnel grouping that the Cowboys defense has struggled against the most, especially when trying to defend the run. 
the Cowboys defense allows more yards per rush against 21 personnel than any personnel they face this season. And they do it at an average of 5.3 yards per clip. Now we know what Elijah Mitchell can do. And we know what Debo Samuel is capable of as a receiver, 1400 yard season. Uh, if you played fantasy at all, you know, Debo Samuel was probably the best value of anybody's fantasy draft, unless any, you know, someone took him in the second or third round, which I doubt happened. Um, but in addition to that, he also had nearly 400 yards rushing and he had more touchdowns running the ball than he did receiving. So this is an aspect that I am going to be highly sensitive to on Sunday, because not only is it a grouping that the Cowboys haven't seen a ton of this season, but it's also a grouping they significantly struggled against. And it's a grouping finally that has the potential to neutralize what the Cowboys do best defensively in terms of generating pressure. If Tank Lawrence, if Randy Gregory, if Michael Parsons have to hesitate to identify who the ball carrier is, that could negate some of their ability to impact this ball game. You know, that's where, where Micah Parsons lines up pre-snap, that's going to be something that I'm watching on almost every play because I think a lot of that will dictate ultimately how the 49ers play in this football game. And we'll see if Dan Quinn and the Cowboys can come up with an answer against a personnel grouping that, again, they haven't seen a lot of, and they've struggled against more than any personnel grouping they've seen this season. I think you highlighted what is going to be one of the most fascinating matchups, and that's the chess game as well as the player-to-player head-to-head contest between Samuel and Parsons and how the coaches use them. that could go a long way to determining how well or how poorly San Francisco does on offense. Uh, you know, because it's almost he hasn't... as if like if I see Samuel in the backfield, I want Micah on the line, mm-hmm. right? And if Samuel's out wide or in the slot, I might consider having Micah there. You know, defensively playing cornerback as well, right? I don't want to necessarily say I'm going to have Micah Parsons on Debo Samuel wherever he goes. But, you know, that's a player that, that Micah perhaps will have to have an answer to. And then also, if Micah's trying to answer that question, what do the Cowboys do to answer the question that is George Kittle? Because as great of a player as Debo Samuel has been this season, George Kittle has really come on since he came back from injury midway through the season, and he's been as impactful of a player as they've had on their roster. Yeah, I actually – Maybe it's just I have a different idea of, of how they play it defensively. I see if, if Samuel is in the background that you want Parsons playing as a linebacker, and if Samuel splits out wide in a, what looks to be a clear receiver role, I'm bringing Parsons uh, after Garoppolo because, okay. you know, I want to try to get the ball, get to him before he can get the ball out. That, like I said, we just seem to have a different perspective on how to go about it, which is no, I love what's it. going to be fast. I mean, because your argument and your reasoning on it is perhaps more more sound than mine. I guess I'm, I'm more so thinking get him on the line in a straight matchup scenario, whereas, you know, I somewhat agree with you that playing the linebacker position allows him to – uh, you know, kind of sift through the wash that may be in front of him. Whereas, you know, if they just run away from him, 
when he's lined up on the line, perhaps that neutralizes him even more so. So I don't disagree with you. That, that's why, you know, I, I don't know the answer. I'll be honest. I, I don't yeah. have the answer as to how they should play it, but I'm fascinated to find out what they will decide the best answer will be from the Cowboys. Amen, team. brother. Yeah. Now, as for what I uh, am concerned about, is, and that is, was there really any consistency? Is there any consistency for the Cowboys? They were just, you know, they had, they had the uh, first three games of their four-game winning streak towards the end of the season where they did not – it didn't make you feel good watching them. You just felt like they were struggling too much. Then they came out and just absolutely obliterated the Washington football team. Then they lost to the Cardinals. And then I don't know what to make of the what they did to the, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, because the Eagles just weren't trying. Uh, not to say the players weren't, but the coaching staff was obviously far more concerned with keeping their powder dry mm-hmm. uh, for them to go play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I fully understand taking that approach. Yeah. Dare, so, I, dare I say go Eagles this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I am not going to utter it, but let's just say it <laughs> may. I will be less unhappy about an Eagles win in this case than perhaps at any time in known memory. So uh, that's as far as I can go with that. Uh, I, 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 you know, I just want to see if the Cowboys can come out and play well, that this, they don't, that they don't have to have a weak opponent to come out and really shine. Uh, And this is going to be the test. You know, it's the playoffs. There aren't any really weak opponents. You know, I would argue that the, Eagles may be a little bit of a pretender. And I'm trying to think who the, the seventh seed in the AFC was. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's escaping I, me I, as well. Yeah, I'm so AF, I'm so NFC-centric uh, because of the Cowboys. I just pretty much it's like, okay, whatever. Let us know who you guys are going to send to the Super Bowl, and we'll figure that stuff out. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, the team that the Cowboys were potentially going to face. Right. Yeah. And that was, that's the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. There's another team that I think is very much a pretender. Uh, I I think there's. You think Arizona's a pretender? Huh? You're saying Arizona's a pretender? No, I said the Steelers. Oh, okay. The Steelers. Oh, sorry. You're talking about the AFC. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the NFC. Yeah. I'm saying that, that the Eagles and the Steelers both coincidentally from the same state make an argument that they didn't really need to go to seven playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the Eagles in the past have proven that they can win playoff games that nobody gives them a chance to, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately from our viewpoint, but you know, the, the Steelers are just a shell of themselves. And, and I just, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot. But the Cowboys aren't getting to play the Eagles right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing a good team, and the road, you know, sitting in the third seed, that means the road just kind of gets harder as you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're likely to have to go from 
facing the uh, the uh, six seed, to facing the two seed, to facing the one seed. If you were going to lay odds on how it would go, if they were to keep advancing, so that's just going to be that's just a tough one. And and do the Cowboys have the consistency to do that? That once again, kind of circling back in my rather meandering way to my original point. I don't know for sure if there's if this is solid, solid meat, or if there's a little bit of a paper tiger effect here. And we're going to find out. Uh, now, I, I, I still, on balance, believe the Cowboys are going to win this game. But. Mm, uh, we're going to have to find some things out. And, you know, we're going to find out after they kick off on Sunday afternoon. Well, when they kick off, 3.30, primetime matchup. And, you know, a lot of people ask, oh, the 3.30 game. This is historically, at least over the past several seasons, the highest rated game of the weekend. So the Cowboys were kind of put in primetime here. They are also going to get the broadcast on Nickelodeon. Uh, featuring a couple of the young kids as well. Maybe we'll see Aiden Diggs in there if they have any sense in that producer's room uh, who's scheduling this Nickelodeon broadcast. You could be watching the Nickelodeon broadcast, Tom? Uh, no. I, you're, uh, you're a slime guy. You want to get slimed. Yeah, it's, uh, it'd be fun. But I, I since I have to uh, do the recap on the game for blogging the boys, I, I can't get too much into the fun stuff. That's why if the Cowboys are in Monday night football, I have to turn off oh. Eli and Payton because oh, I can't get out, too man. distracted. You by the side. Yeah, yeah. You miss I out. I did. I have, I've watched them in the other, some of the other Monday night broadcasts, but I just can't afford to do that when I'm trying to get the uh, Cowboys covered for the, for the readers out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I vote, I vote, I vote make them the permanent Monday night broadcast. Cause the one that they got currently is uh that's a rough one. I was definitely rooting for the Cowboys not to be on Monday Night Football just so I could avoid that broadcast team. And instead, we get Tony Romo, who had one of those epic, epic games against the San Francisco 49ers many years ago, punctured lung yes. and all. And a friend of mine, Jesse Holly, actually had the uh, game-clinching catch there. Almost scored a touchdown, should have scored a touchdown. But, hey, uh, just the fact that he played in the NFL is a hell of an accomplishment. And I love oh, him yeah. to death. Especially given his backstory. Oh, man, as good a dude as there is. Uh, Jesse, yeah. I, I doubt you're listening, but if you ever do, man, love your brother. And that is one good dude and, and really a guy that was easy to root for, Mr. Fourth and Long, indeed. And you can hit him up yes. on Twitter if you want to say hello to him. So with that, Tom – you expect the Cowboys to go ahead and win this game on Sunday. I'm still waffling. I'll be honest. I, I think my prediction could change between now and game time. But how do you see this one playing out if you care to give a prediction and a score? I think the Cowboys are going to come out. It's, it's going to be a little back and forth through the first half. But I think uh, between the, the, the combination of Garoppolo and the Cowboys defense is going to lead to a turnover, maybe two in the second half that'll let them kind of build up a little bit of a, a, a cushion. Uh, I, I will go ahead and make the prediction that uh, Greg Zerline is going to hit a field goal 
maybe at the end of the first half, but he's still going to miss an extra point along the way, leading to the Cowboys with a final score of 30, which will win the game as they manage to limit the 49ers to 20. So 30 to 20 Cowboys. Mm, Okay. I also have Greg the leg having an integral part of this, although I think there will be a time when the Cowboys will have a kick that they probably would take a field goal on, right? Maybe a fourth and four that they are now going to go for it in this game because of the apprehension they have about Greg Zerline. But I still want to speak the confidence, right? I'm going to speak it into existence with Greg the leg, um, Greg the peg leg, as some fans are calling him. Even though he may miss an extra point, uh, I think the Cowboys are ultimately going to wind up winning this one 33-31. to 31. And it's going to be the strength of their defense that holds the 49ers in the final moments and keeps them from driving down to potentially kick a game-winning field goal. So 33-31, Cowboys hold on thanks to their defense. And hopefully this time next week, Tom, we'll be talking about a matchup in Los Angeles, potentially a, uh, you know, a chance for the Cowboys to see that beautiful stadium before maybe they find themselves back there a couple weeks later for the, uh, for the big one. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Am I right about that? It's no, Los Angeles. we would go to Tampa Bay. If Los Angeles is still alive, we go to Tampa Bay and Los oh, Angeles. Oh, because they're the fourth to- seed. God, see, that final week really threw me <laughs> off. I, really threw you off. It's every, been in yeah, my I head know. for three or four weeks now, and that okay, well, this is just how I it's know going everybody to everybody was so certain that they that it was it could only fall one way. Mm-hmm. And that's why we sit around and talk about the Cowboys. And people like Mike McCarthy get paid millions of dollars to coach and make decisions Mm -hmm. because they went in with the approach that they were going to win that game and they were going to work their starters. And it paid off beautifully by them moving up to that three seed. And like I said, that pushes, and you mentioned, that pushes back how soon they would have to travel to Green Bay if the Rams, for instance, don't do the favor, don't do them the favor, uh, or the Cardinals don't do them the favor of going up there and knocking off Green Bay, uh, you know, it's it's it would be it would be the ultimate uh, story if the Cowboys, you know, managed to get the uh, conference championship game back at AT and T Stadium. I think that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Well, we will keep dreaming away on that one. Uh, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I don't mind looking a week uh, a week beyond here, potentially. But let's just make sure we take care of business on Sunday. Cowboys and Niners, of course, you will catch the post-game action there on the Blogging the Boys uh, video channel, RJ Oak Show. We'll get that fired up for all the instant reaction. Make sure you check that out. Tom will have a recap article on bloggingtheboys.com shortly after the game expires, so you can check that out as well and get your thoughts in, right? We want to hear what you think about the Cowboys and what you feel about their chances here in 2022. Now that we've gotten into uh, the new year, how do you feel about the chances that the Cowboys ultimately raise that Lombardi trophy for the first time in 25, 26 years? The only thing that matters right now is that they are still alive. Amen. Well, with that, you stay riled up on the Cowboys. Happy playoffs to you. 
and we will see you next Thursday either way. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.